Let's go in-depth on all things Hawkeyes. This is Hawk Central on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Happy Wednesday, Hawkeye fans, and welcome into tonight's Hawk Central radio show here on 106.3 KXNO. You are hearing the voice of Chad Lysico, sports columnist of the Des Moines Register, and I will be your host as always tonight from 6 p.m. till 7 p.m. There is no mid-May lull uh, on Hawk Central because we have a jam-packed show tonight. Uh, later in the program, I'll be joined by my good friend Tom Kakert of HawkeyeReport.com with lots of interesting football topics and angles to discuss, including Cade McNamara's trip to California, robust season ticket sales for the fall, and more. But to begin things, the sizzling Iowa baseball team takes center stage. Rick Heller's Hawkeyes collected their 40th win of the season against 13 losses on Tuesday with a 13-3 run rule route of six-seeded Michigan to open the Big Ten Conference Tournament in Omaha. And to discuss the importance of that Michigan win and more, I'm happy to be joined by the man himself, Rick Heller. Rick, congrats on the W yesterday and the day off today. Hey, thanks, Chad. I appreciate it. Uh, you get a little little uh, practice day today and preparation for um, a really tough pitcher that uh, Indiana's going to throw at us, and we'll be ready to roll tomorrow. Sounds good. Uh, just to recap the game, just a touch from yesterday, Braden Frazier's fifth inning grand slam broke that game open. It was 1-1. All of a sudden, it was 7-1. And unbelievably, Rick, that was Iowa's ninth grand slam of the season. <laughs> Have you ever been part of a team that can hit uh, grand slams with such regularity? I mean, this is like one every six games or less. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, isn't it? No, I've never seen anything like it in in. um the funny thing is, is that's how we won game one. You know, we beat Indiana State with a uh, Kyle Huxdorf walk-off grand slam in the 10th inning uh, in the mm. first game of the season. And uh, it just kind of kind of set the tone, I guess. And, <laughs> um, it's been pretty wild, pretty crazy uh, to see it, but uh, a lot of fun, that's for sure. It seems like this Iowa team, Rick, can do damage from just about anywhere in the lineup and um, you know, no, no slight intended here but when i think back to some of your previous teams i felt like ah they got to do something in these top four hitters or else we're just you know we're gonna be waiting a while to score uh how has this group kind of evolved and become different uh in that regard well you know the 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 first thing is that you know uh the staff and marty sutherland our recruiting coordinator we've we've we really tried to set out to um, eliminate that, what you just talked about. Mm-hmm. We, we need, you know, and it's not easy with 11.7 scholarships, you know, for, for 35 guys, right. um, you know, and, and we had been super strong in pitching and super strong um, in defense. And then, um, you know, we would have, you know, the key guys in the middle of the lineup. And then it, you know, sometimes it would, it would wane a little, uh, as, as you said, and we just set out to, to try to, um, try to find a way to recruit and, and get a more balanced offense because in the North, you have to deal with um, weather conditions, you know, that affect mm-hmm. the game considerably. So if you go one way or another, you know, it, I mean, all, all of us would like to have just that power hitting team that hits a bunch of home runs. Well, we, we opened up the big 10 season and we had um, 11 of our first 12 games, the wind blew in. Jeez. And I would, I would tell you that, and I would tell you that, you know, in the Maryland series, in the Indiana series, if the wind's blowing out uh, or even neutral, 
there's a good chance that that we win all three of those games, if not win both series. But, you know, that's the way it goes. I mean, we had a three-run homer robbed that the wind held in. We had a two-run homer robbed at Indiana, another home run robbed at Indiana that that the wind literally just knocked down or would have been easy home runs. And um, so so with that being said, we know uh, there are days you need to hit it out of the park, but but we wanted to have um, nine guys that could get on base. And, and if you if you've – look at the statistics. This team's done a tremendous job of getting on base. We want to be as a team over 400 on base percentage, mm-hmm. you know, try to try to be as, as close to as many walks and hit by pitches as we have strikeouts and just be able to put pressure on people and make the pitcher throw strikes and get the pitch count up. And if you get nine guys doing that, like we, like we have this, this season, um, that really helps your offense because it doesn't put pressure on just one or two guys to, to drive in all the runs or do all the damage. And uh, this team has just re- has really bought into, um, you know, hand the baton to the next guy. I'll do whatever I have to do and, and, and not get up there and, and, and just hit for myself, you know, and yeah. chase outside the zone. And that's what you're seeing. And that's, that's, you know, how you are able to get a lot of two out hits and, you know, work counts and, and, and it may look like you're kind of down and out, but, but, inside the circle we're we're in a good place and we know it and we, we're kind of getting him on the ropes and like like yesterday i felt like that whole game the first five innings we had we had um pressure on them and he made pitches like you'd expect a, a pitcher of the year to make with uh in leverage situations but we had him on the ropes a couple times early mm-hmm. and then um sam peterson hits a ball that if it was anywhere other than here in omaha and the wind was blowing in here yesterday by the way he he would have hit a home run <laughs> cal huffdorf would have had a home run so we hit some balls hard um we hit some balls hard and i'm looking out my window and it's blowing straight in again today at, at, at the ballpark <laughs> and 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 as you know it's a tough ballpark to score it runs is. in yeah and so it's nice to be able to play the short game it's nice to be able to steal some bases good team speed but with our good team speed we also have um you know eight nine guys that can all hit it out of the ballpark you know maybe not you know 20 29 like jake adams but we felt like going into the season that um we had a bunch of guys that could hit you know eight to eight to 15 or at least five and 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 that is a great thing uh to have and and then we really focus on you know hitting the gaps and we've hit a ton of doubles and you know the best teams I've ever been on offensively usually are leading the league in doubles, you know, home runs mm, are great, interesting. but, but, but doubles, doubles is the stat that, that to me really tells you um, the type of offense you're going to have along with that on base percentage and on base plus slugging, which is all three of those we're very good at. So that's yeah. probably a long winded answer, ah, but, but I like that's it. what the story is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously with the win, you stay in the winner's side of the bracket, which is uh, great news. Uh, your RPI fell from 32 to 33 for some reason. I still haven't figured that formula out. Maybe you have, maybe you know better than I do. But uh, I, I have no idea. <laughs> but you're facing an Indiana team with an RPI of 26. Uh, those These are the top two teams in the Big Ten in RPI. Uh, 2 p.m. Thursday in Omaha. I guess just uh, how, how sizable do you view this matchup and, and just kind of, I guess, the – I guess it's a good thing, right? That you're facing a, a, a good RPI team. You know that regardless of what happens, you're not going to get have a bad loss on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that's good for the NCAA tournament. Um, it's a tough matchup because um, the best pitched game against us this entire season was 
the guy we're facing tomorrow. Oh, great. <laughs> Sorry. Sonard. I mean, he, no, it, that was the game that we went 0 0 into the 10th inning uh, at Indiana. Wow. Um, you know, they had one hit. Um, that was a game where we had a home run and a double robbed. Um, okay. We had a guy thrown out at the plate that if we'd have had replay might have been reversed in the top of the 10th. And then um, they, they, they ended up hitting a, uh, the wind was blowing in, but it would help maybe that last. 40 feet in left field and it was perfect and hit the foul pole oh, <laughs> and, and walked us off. So our guys are excited to get another shot at him, but, but he's a really good pitcher and he, he throws a bunch of pitches. He can throw them in any count. He's a bigger guy, throws hard and, and he's, he's, he's not an easy matchup. They rolled the dice. Um, they, they pitched, they didn't pitch him yesterday. Okay. Um, you know, and probably feeling like, you know, in the twenties they're in for sure. Um they 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 have a bunch of good arms, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like they were throwing, you know, um <laughs> bad pitchers out there, but the the best guy is Sonard and he they, they decided to give him an extra two days rest. Um so he's on his normal rest pattern. He hasn't had to bump up a day. We're gonna throw Brody Breck who's who is bumping up, um, you know, he's bumping up uh, a day. Um, for the second straight week, but uh, I feel like you know we got Brody out um, like he was in the low 80s, I think, for pitch count or around 85 max um, last week. Um, so he's extremely fit, and he'll he'll be up for the challenge, and uh, it should be a fun game to watch for the fans because you got two really good arms yeah. going uh, going tomorrow. No kidding. And and both teams kind of play the same way. I mean we. Coach Mercer has done a really nice job uh, with his program. He he brought in a really good recruiting class last year and, and um, played a bunch of freshmen and sophomores. And it's re- he's reaping the rewards of that this year. They got beat up a little bit at the beginning of the season, and really halfway through the season they started to flip it. And uh, when we played them, we played them the last weekend uh, at home last year, and I was like, wow, this team's going to be really good. Um, next year, uh, and and they they have been, you know, uh, both of us forty win teams, um, hard fought games. Uh, you know, we beat them pretty handily in Friday's game, and they did the same thing to us down there. They pitched Sonard on Saturday, but shortly after that series, he moved to their Friday guy, and then was the the Friday guy the rest of the season. Um, they kind of had to manage their pitching a lot like we did. Um, a lot of good stuff, guys, where. Maybe they get three or four innings and then bring some more, bring different guys in, and um, they're adept at at you know mixing and matching and finding ways to get it done because most all their guys have pretty good stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, they're, they're, they will be without one of their uh, top bullpen guys. I heard Craft. Um, um, I think he got uh, something happened in the in the Michigan State series. I was watching the game and he had to come out, and I've heard through the grapevine that he's probably not going to be on the board at least tomorrow. Uh, but they do have two two really solid guys they didn't use yesterday uh, against Illinois that they'll 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 have to throw at us after Sonard. But um, yeah, it's going to be fun, and and we're going to get after them, and they'll get after us. And two teams that play the game the right way and play really hard, and um, you know, two two offenses that are that are kind of similar. You know, can hit home runs up and down the lineup, but can also run and and have some speed. And both teams play good defense and. Uh, just really, um, the two teams are kind of designed very similar. Yeah, you're, I'll let you get a sip of water there. You're listening to Hawks Central from the Des Moines Register and KXNO. This is Chad Leister talking Hawkeye baseball. 
with Rick Heller. Uh, Rick, uh, just one more topic for you here. You kind of touched on, uh, uh, I had a Brody Brecht question, but you already kind of answered that, uh, why you moved him up. Uh, he, I mean, this is the, uh, you know, he had a, a great outing Saturday uh, against Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Six innings, one hit, one walk, 9K, 79 pitches, Big Ten pitcher of the week. Um, I guess, do you feel like you're sort of positioning, you know, regardless of what happens Thursday, positioning Brody um, to be pretty fresh for an NCAA should it happen and then Marcus Morgan um, you know he went as your number one on Tuesday through he got out of there after 85 pitches he's been so good lately will he be done for the week in your mind or does it kind of depend on how things go well um, it's funny you bring that up Mark Marcus and I talked yesterday and he asked me you know if he would um, be on the board if we made it to Sunday and I said um, you know TBA but you know, we, it's, it's all going to be dependent on, you know, how you feel and how you're, how you're doing. Uh, because if we make it to Sunday, I mean, I, I don't think there would be any doubt that we're going to be in a regional and we'd have to be smart right. about how we handle things. But, you know, he had, even if he threw on Sunday uh, and it was limited, maybe give us three innings, you know, to start the game to get off to a good start. That's something that you might consider because he's probably going to, that's probably would be his bullpen day anyway. Um, gotcha. so that's, that's something that, that we'll look at, uh, if that happens. Um, and then, you know, I would say that, um, you know, Brody, Brody more than likely, uh, if, depending on how many pitches he goes tomorrow, um, would be probably off the board on Sunday, unless it would just be for maybe one inning. If, you know, if you got a chance to win the championship or something, mm-hmm. you might consider that because, because still you're looking at, you know, almost a week off before, um, the, they'd have to go in a regional anyway. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, thanks, Rick. Weather looks great this week in Omaha. Yeah. A nice change of pace from past tournaments <laughs> I've covered there, just sitting through rain delays and talking to James Allen. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so good luck out there. And I suspect if you keep winning, you'll see a lot more Omahawks as the week continues uh, uh, yeah. this week. So good luck, man. Appreciate your time as always. No, thanks, Chad. And there were a lot of fans there yesterday. Unfortunately, the the camera angles just showed the Michigan side. You know, and I saw people on Twitter talking about nobody there. If they'd have been on the other side, I mean, we actually had a really nice crowd for a 10 a.m. game. I mean, pretty impressive how many showed up. And yeah. Um, and then, like you said, I think um, starting tomorrow, um, starting tomorrow, uh, you'll you'll see that increase. And uh, you know, by Friday, and if we're still around Saturday, Sunday, you know. We'll have we'll have ten or eleven thousand or more. Yeah. So yeah, especially if Nebraska's <laughs> there too. We have a huge crowd. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> you know, that would be that would be something if uh, the two of us met in the championship because you wouldn't. Wow. Sell yeah. the house. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, one step at a time. Thank you, Rick Keller. Uh, appreciate yep. it. Good luck, man. Uh, reminder, yep. folks. Uh, two p.m. Thursday on BTN, and if you're uh, if you are at all in the Omaha area, I highly recommend uh, getting over to TT, TD Ameritrade Park because uh, should be a great matchup tomorrow. Uh, we will talk to you later, Rick Heller. Coming up next, Dargan Southern digs into the Indiana matchup a little further and looks ahead to NCAA regional implications. You're listening to Hawk Central on 106, 106.3 KXNO. This is Hawk Central on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back to Hawk Central Radio here on 106.3 KXNO. I am your host, Chad Leistico of the Des Moines Register. Thanks again to Rick Heller for his insight and time from the Big Ten Tournament in Omaha. We will now continue that conversation with our reporter on the scene 
in Nebraska. That would be Dargan Southern, our trusty Iowa women's basketball and baseball writer. How are you doing? Uh, what are you going to do with your day off today? You know, I, I'm not really sure. Um, <laughs> See the know, sights. I, I, <laughs> yeah, if, if anybody has any uh, Omaha uh, sightseeing uh, suggestions, you can definitely send them. Go to the zoo. To... Go to the zoo. Yeah, man. well... And I mean, if Iowa wins Thursday, then you got another off day to kill. So definitely <laughs> a, a quirky, uh, quirky setup down here, uh, which it'll be interesting to see what the feedback is after this week. Yeah, I, I kind of like starting a day early because it accounts for rain. Uh, you know, for the Hawkeyes, from their perspective, Dargan, I mean, you know, you play that 10 a.m. Tuesday game. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a, a pain if you lose, but you win and you, you get more than 48 hours rest until... Uh, Thursday's uh, kind of semifinal against Indiana, so uh, we'll get to that here in a second. But where do you, where would you say Dargan Tuesday's thirteen to three win over Michigan puts Iowa in uh, regarding the NCAA conversation? Definitely in the field, almost definitely in the field. Still more work to do. Uh, I, I did like Rick Heller's line uh, going into the tournament that uh, they wanted to, to play so well that the NCAA committee. Uh, I think we, I think he said, "quote can't screw us." <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Rick. So uh, where where do things stand? Yeah. Um, I, I guess if there was a, a level that you could wedge in between definitely and almost definitely, I think that's probably about where I would be. The only reason I don't say definitely is because basically what Rick said. I mean, the the selection committee has proven year after year that they are throwing no bones and giving no uh, benefit of the doubt to Big Ten teams. So um, the the only way I guess you could account for them possibly missing the tournament would be just a total complete snub that would go down as probably one of the bigger snubs in tournament history. So uh, aside from that, I, I think they're they're pretty much locked in. You know, if they had gone 0-2 down here with losses to Michigan and Illinois, that certainly would have made for a a little tenser selection Monday. But certainly after winning yesterday, I I think – you know, there's probably about a 95% chance they, they're going to get in. There you go, 95% chance. Um, only slightly better than a, a chance than they're going to hit a grand slam like every six games. <laughs> so. I know. They, the the, uh, the offense is pretty that. incredible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's uh, – so Iowa-Indiana, 2 p.m. Thursday. If Iowa wins, it gets another day off, as you referenced, and gets uh, then gets up to two shots on Saturday starting at 9 a.m., to take part in Sunday's championship game, so that's uh, that's a huge benefit if you can win this one, uh, and then you get two cracks Saturday uh, to get into Sunday's kind of win winner take all uh, title game. If Iowa loses, Dargan, uh, it looks like they would face the Michigan Illinois winner at 2 p.m. Friday, and then if it wins that, it would have to then defeat Indiana twice on Saturday to reach the title game. So here's my question. If Iowa's already in the field or 95% in the field, I mean, do they really want to be playing five or six games in Omaha this week? Yeah, you know, I think that's a fair question just because, you know, even though the the, the scheduling has changed a bit, the importance of starting 2-0 and uh, hasn't changed. And so, um, you know, I know that Iowa and Rick Heller really want to win this tournament. They, they're definitely valuing right. – yeah the importance of, of winning this tournament just in terms of program prestige and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if they lose tomorrow, um, 
you know, I, I'm sure, you know, I don't think you'll get this on the record, but I, I'm sure that the Iowa staff, you know, there's definitely a legitimate argument to be made that, you know, it probably benefits them to not try to climb all the way through the loser's bracket to get to Sunday's title game because, you know, again, they are in a different spot than they have been, you know, not needing to win this event. So um, if, if that happens, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what Iowa does on the pitching front. If it, you know, has to move through the loser's bracket, obviously, you know, Ty Langenberg is going to start game three, uh, right. you know, whenever that, whenever that third game is. But uh, after that, Iowa would probably have to get a little creative. So, um, you know, if, if you, if they don't win Thursday, then, then I think there's definitely a valid argument that, you know, it, it might, it might benefit Iowa next week in the regional to, you know, kind of, kind of shut it down down here but sure uh we'll see what happens yeah uh it's it's an interesting thought but uh, obviously you know they're going to try to win the games um but they just might not throw their best arms out there that could be part of the part of the deal uh so let's let's uh flip it to the other scenario let's say iowa wins thursday and then wins saturday and wins sunday uh you know what is kind of the ceiling do you feel like uh, from what you've seen in, in regional forecasts from Baseball America, et cetera, um, you know, how high could Iowa go in terms of seeding, do you feel like, for an NCAA regional? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like, you know, if they if they win their next three games, um, you know, it still feels like they, they would probably come up a little bit short of being in the hosting discussion. Um, it would be a, an intriguing case, but... Um, again, you know, the, the big 10 doesn't always get those kinds of benefits and doubts. And, you know, Maryland last year, which had an even better resume than Iowa did, you know, they, they were like a 15 seed, I believe on the hosting side. So, um, I'd say the realistic ceiling is probably, you know, a a two seed, a a solid high two seed. Um, and, and really where they end up is, is going to be very interesting because, you know, if, if anyone's followed the projections the last month. I think I was been projected to maybe like nine or 10 different places. Um, and so, uh, you know, and, and obviously there's a geographical kind of unofficial uh, element that, that comes into play here. And so, you know, one thing I would watch is if Indiana state gets a hosting spot, which, you know, they're playing the conference, the Valley conference tournament at home this week. Uh, if they win that, then I think they got a good chance to get a hosting spot. And that would obviously be the uh, most geographically beneficial site for Iowa. And it would kind of line up, especially if they end up getting, you know, one of those higher two seeds because Indiana state's probably going to be one of the last hosting spots. So that's, and then obviously that would be Rick Heller going to his, to his old school. So that would certainly be a a pretty intriguing storyline, but you know, if, if Indiana state falls short of a hosting spot, you know, it's 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 really up for grabs where Iowa goes, and I think that the draw will be uh, very important to who kind of projects their winability at, at a regional. Because you know, I've seen them to Clemson, I've seen them to Arkansas, I've seen them to Vandy. Um, you know, those are all national seeds that are having really good years and would mm-hmm. you know be be a tough matchup for Iowa to to handle. But you know, if they get sent to you know again like an Indiana State or or kind of one of those last hosting spots, um, Kentucky, you know, might be another option. Then, you know, you're, you, you look at that with a little different lens and say, you know, Iowa can really 
yeah. you can really go in here and, and challenge the host and and potentially win the thing. So, um, it, you know, it's kind of interesting to watch the the dynamics of the bracket because, you know, the geographical bit, the most geographically logical spot isn't always, you know, doesn't always make the most sense from a seating spot. So, um, I guess I guess my final analysis is I really have no idea where they're going to go. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say, obviously, but I mean, the ceiling yeah. ceiling seems like yeah, if you could get a high two, which I don't think it seems like based on what you said it would be reasonable. I think that would be the optimal situation because then you're playing a low three, right? So um, that yeah. also benefits you in that in that first round matchup. At, and at the same time, you don't want to be a low two or a high three because then you're in like the you know one of the really tough teams. Um, regional maybe you have a better shot to win that first game um as a, you know, i don't know be more of a toss-up i guess kind of what they've done in the past uh <laughs> like in, in 15 um yeah and even 17 so uh but anyway one more question dargan thanks for joining us uh you know four iowa players including top hitter keaton anthony remain on the sidelines they've now missed 10 games each uh with the sports gambling investigation and no immediate end in sight on that uh yet iowa is eight and two in those games, uh, will this catch up with the Hawkeyes sooner or later? Have they kind of figured things out without Keaton Anthony? I mean, you, you would you would think that it would, but you know they keep stacking evidence on top of each other that it's not, and that this offense, um, you know, is really designed to kind of absorb a blow like this if you can be designed that way. And, and you know, Rick Heller has talked a lot. You know, he said yesterday after the game that this is the most team-oriented and balanced lineup that he's had at Iowa. Um, and, I, and I think it, you know, not every team that Rick's had here and not every team in the country could handle, you know, the adversity that they're going through both on the field and off the field. So, you know, it's that's that's really been probably the most impressive element of this season, even though all this has developed in the last, you know, month or so, three weeks, um, that this team has really not let that – you know, get in the way in, in any element. And so, you know, if, if they get into a regional and, and are facing, you know, a, a high-end arm, then maybe, you know, obviously having Keaton Anthony in there would would be ideal. Um, but, again, you know, the, the more evidence that this team, the, the more the confidence grows that, you know, this isn't going to be an issue, the more that, you know, even though it's ongoing and at the forefront of a lot of fans' minds, um, you know, I, I think they've kind of accepted the circumstances and, and have moved on and haven't really, you know, tried to, to play the victim in, in this situation at all. So um, it, it's been pretty impressive to watch the team just kind of keep pushing and keep chugging along, especially on the offensive end where, yeah. you know, you, you would expect a drop off and there really hasn't been one. Awesome. Good stuff. Dargan Southern. Uh, good luck over there in Omaha. Two o'clock uh, BTN Thursday against Indiana. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right, appreciate it, Chad. All right, coming up next, it's time for some Hawkeye football talk as my good friend Tom Cakert joins the show. You won't want to miss that conversation. More Hawk Central next here on 106.3 KXNO. This is Hawk Central on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back to Hawk Central Radio here on 106.3 KXNO. I'm your host, Chad Leistico of the Des Moines Register. Insightful Iowa baseball conversations to get you set for tomorrow's matchup against Indiana are in the books. Thanks again to Rick Heller for joining the show. Now let's turn our attention to the sport where the offseason never stops, Iowa football. To dig into the season ahead, recruiting, and more, 
I'm super thrilled to be joined by my good friend from Hawkeye Report, Tom Kakert. Good friend. How are you doing? Doing great, and thank you for uh, for having me on. I, I, I really appreciate it. It's always fun to talk Hawks with you. Yeah, I always love uh, conversing with you on or off the air, <laughs> yeah. especially off. Uh, but uh, yeah. I do want to get into Cade McNamara's trip to California, which you wrote about recently. Uh, Iowa's yep. Vegas win total, which uh, you and I have been texting about as well. But we'll we'll start with a story that I that I posted in in this morning's Des Moines Register. Iowa football season tickets uh, alive and well. Uh, the mass exodus. Everyone, was, you know, threatened they weren't going to come back to Kinnick uh, because of the offense. Not true, Tom. It's not true. Uh, Fifty-two thousand season tickets uh, already sold, uh, including more than two thousand seven hundred new season ticket orders. So they're really close to last year's pace when they had a really good schedule. Uh, I guess the uh, single game sales, you know, due to the schedule, maybe they won't get to the sixty-nine. 1250 you know finish line for every game but uh, i think tom we're going to see a full or nearly full kinnick uh seven times this fall your thoughts yeah it's, what's the, the old mark twain quote about the uh, rumors of my death that the greatly exaggerated or whatever <laughs> yeah. you know rumors of the death of iowa football in attendance have been greatly exaggerated as usually happens you know fans get mad and they get all Worked up and say they're going to come, they're not coming back, and then the vast majority of them, you know, when when push comes to shove, they're they're going to put the, put the money out there and buy the tickets and, and show up at the games because that's just how how it is, uh, you know. And I, I, you know, I've been talking to um, some actually some some students that um, have have bought tickets. So my my son's friends. My son is uh, you know just finished his freshman year, not at Iowa, but. Um, but some of his friends who are at Iowa that I've gotten to see mm-hmm. uh, out and about a little bit, and they, they're all getting tickets. Um, and I think the student ticket allotment is already sold out right away. So, well, they've sold um, so that, yeah, they've sold six thousand, but they hold back twenty five hundred yeah. for uh, new student orientation and additional student yeah. sales. So, but they're they're definitely going to sell out the yeah. eighty five hundred. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they're going to sell out the so the student tickets. I mean, there's. And a lot of times, as we've seen with with other sports, the students are the the first ones to jump off the bandwagon if they don't like it. Right. You know, they're just. Uh, but I I think that that tells you that there's enthusiasm for for Iowa football, and I do think that there's some level of excitement with you know what they've done in the portal and getting Cade McNamara and Eric All and and now uh, Caleb Brown. I, I think there's some excitement i no i think a lot of people are going to be very missourian about uh about the offense and and just kind of <laughs> you're going to have to show them that yeah. it's good but um i think there there's some enthusiasm there uh for for the program and you know i uh, yeah it's 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 going to be an interesting year but i i think the fan support's going to be strong even though the schedule for home games, just not great. To, yeah, it's not, not a good signing. What's the marquee game on there? Michigan State, Minnesota. I mean, what would you Probably what would Minnesota. you say? Minnesota, yeah. Probably Minnesota. It's a stripe out game. game. It's a stripe out game too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and and you know the games have been pretty competitive in recent years, so I, I would think that that's going to be the big game. Yeah, uh, in Iowa City, because I 
I don't I don't think Michigan State's going to be very good. So I you know, I just like I look at that schedule and I go, well, so I think they'll win these games and these games, and you know you don't know what Purdue's going to be like because Bielema. we don't know. Bealum at the end. Bealum might be Bielema might be the marquee game. You, you know that know, might they, be a case uh, if I was good. If I was good, that that game will sell out. You know, because yeah. usually that yeah, last game be better. is you know hopefully right. Hopefully, be better than <laughs> hopefully be better than last year's Iowa Illinois game. Oh, oh. Oof. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oof. oh boy! Remember that yeah, press conference afterwards. Oof, oof, just, I don't know if yeah, you heard this, not, but we won ten games last year. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, and then we got like twenty players. It was kind of that was the weirdest press conference. They got more players than Iowa scored points last year, and and, and some of the players kind of got chippy, and yeah, yeah it was not. That's right. And yeah, Spencer <laughs> was not in a good place either. I mean, it was just not. That was that was not a A plus post game. Yeah, <laughs> at and all. That, and then Ohio State after that. Yeah, so it was yeah. quite the... And that one. <laughs> yeah. Back-to-back week. Again, again, and then, you know, but the season's going to be mostly, I mean, you're going to have 60, you're probably going to average 68,000 fans this year, approximately, per game. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the fans are coming back. So let's get into one of the things you brought up there, Cade McNamara. I mean, I, that, I'm in total agreement. I think that has, since December, when he committed, it's December 1st, whatever it was, I feel like the tide is the offseason tide has kind of turned. It's like, okay, now we got a quarterback. Let's see what happens. Uh, you know, I think there was still hope for for a coordinator change from some folks. But uh you wrote about Cade and uh the Swarm Collective, I believe, right? Um kind of funding yeah. a trip for him to go to California with some of the Iowa wide receivers. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about that, uh, more about that what you wrote? Yeah, it is. Um, it's something that Cade does every year. Actually, he goes out to California and works. His his quarterback coach since his, uh, his high school days out there has been Jordan Palmer, Carson Palmer's uh, younger brother. And so Jordan is, is kind of his guy. And so he was going to be going out there to work with them. And he kind of just suggested to the swarm, "Hey, if you want to invest something in, in something here, that." Um, uh, I'd love to have some of the guys come out there instead of just throwing to some rando guys out in California. I could be throwing to our guys and it got him a chance to get Caleb Brown out there because, you know, obviously Caleb was not part of the team this spring. So, um, wow. Caleb was out there. Huh? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Caleb was there, wow. uh, which was a big deal. Um, and they had, you know, Eric Ball and Cliche and Ragaini. I'm going to keep screwing that up uh, and then catch myself in time. Uh, I think Alec Wick was out there. So they had like five, six guys that went with them. Um, and uh, I think Joe, Joe Evans went out there just because I think he and Kate are buddies now. So <laughs> I don't think Joe was out catching passes, but I think, I think Kate and Joe have, uh, have really hit it off as, as friends. So. Yeah, maybe he'll be like a you know tight you know H back or something in the goal line now. Now that he's catching, I know, did right? hear some. I, I by the way, I've heard some really good things about um, Hayden Large. Oh, he's really they're pretty pumped about him being a fullback. So uh, and he's catching on, and they they think he's going to be pretty good. So the pride of Dort. Pride of Dort. Yep, yeah, pride of Dort. <laughs> now they should. Now, did they take Cooper DeGene out there to California? Because then we would know Cooper's going to no. be in the offense. No, Cooper okay. has actually been down. <laughs> Cooper's been down in um, 
like the Fort Myers area working out with uh with some trainers down there. So oh, man. Um so he's he's been getting his his work in with uh you know some some guys that that people go to for like NFL level yeah. of training and, and things of that nature. So he he had spent some time down there after um classes got done. Uh went down there with his dad. So um yeah, he's he's working hard as Oof. well. So that's that's a um, I was know, next first good. rounder. Yes. Right. Yeah. I think he, I think he's, uh, as long as he's healthy and has a pretty good year, the NFL is going to be all over Cooper DeGene and he is going to have to make a decision next year yeah. or at the end of this year. Yeah. Well, uh, again, on that note, uh, Tom, I was over under win total for the season is 7.5 wins. I looked at DraftKings this morning, actually. It's, and uh, the juice is minus 145, and that's not horrible, in, in my opinion. No. Uh, but no you have seen, been very I've bullish. Like, so you've been bullish on this. I, Go ahead. Yeah, why why are I, you bullish? I've seen, some, I've seen some, like, juice to almost 160 in some places, too. So mm-hmm. um, I just think, um, you know, we'd look at the schedule. And yeah, there's some tough road games, but uh, you know, I think they'll, you know, they're not favored at Iowa state, but I think they're going to beat Iowa state. I, I really do. I do too. Um, um, I, I think this is at least a 10 win team. I just do. I think because if you, even if you look at last year with uh, as anemic as that offense was, that, that team could have easily won 10 games, you know, could have easily done. And at least nine, maybe ten. Yeah. And the defense is going to be solid, and I think the offense is going to be—I wouldn't say vastly improved, but it will be better. It's going to be more functional. Uh, it's not going to struggle to score ten points. Um, I, I think they're going to hit those numbers that Brian needs to hit mm-hmm. uh, to retain his job, and they do that. And. If they do that with what Phil puts out there every year without fail, that's 10 wins. Just is. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the road games, uh, I, I'm with you. I feel really good about Iowa. Iowa I usually pick Iowa State, actually. <laughs> uh, but but this year, I, I, right now, I feel very optimistic about, about Iowa. I mean, just having. I just, I just look at like, like last year. They won year, four games last you know, year. They should have. They should have. They should have beaten. If they had a, a better offense, they beat Nebraska. If you know, they have better offense, they beat Illinois. Um, they might have even beat Michigan. I mean, they were in that game too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just you know, they're just they're right there. So I mean, they definitely would beat uh, Iowa I, State. I think, <laughs> yeah, they would have beat Iowa State. I mean, there's that's you know, there's just flip the Iowa State, Nebraska, and Illinois games, and you get ten wins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just, yeah, so I, that's just that's anyway. just where and you and you would have gone to and you would have gone to back to back Big Ten title games. So. Right. Yeah. Well, Cooper doesn't get hurt. As crazy as that, probably win that game. Yeah, as Cooper doesn't get hurt. Yeah, they probably win that game too. All right. Uh, one topic. Better offense would have helped too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, now, now if Cade McNamara gets hurt, all bets are off. I mean, I'm yeah. I thought Deacon Hill looked yeah. fine, but uh, you know, this uh, to me, that's where my bullishness is as well. I'm, I'm really, I'm really high on Cade McNamara right now, and I, I hope he's a Big Ten media I days. Uh, I think he would be. I would think. Uh, 
I would think, yeah, that's a a great question of who who Kirk's going to take. You almost have to take Cooper. Gotta take Cade. You got, yeah, maybe, but he's a third year guy. I could see him taking Tory Taylor. I mean, Tory's great. Uh, No? Maybe. I could see him, you know, the the classic guy that Kirk would take is like a a Logan Lee, somebody like that. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. Noah Shannon, maybe, one of those guys. Or or, Or Joe Evans, you know, just, I could see him doing one of those. (laughs) <laughs> or maybe even Doing you know, Jay Higgins. <laughs> Jay Higgins is a is a um, yeah uh, a guy. That, he's an indie kid. Mm-hmm. You know that would make sense. Yeah, uh, senior linebacker. Um, to take Nico, maybe. But, you know, I I don't know. <laughs> you can't. Take, I don't know. You got to take uh, Kate on offense, and then go. You go two on D or one D one special think, teams. I think you. I think you have to take Cooper. I just do. I think yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, yeah, he's he's your potential All American. He's you know he's just, done everything right. A, yeah, 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 yeah. And he might not be back, so mm-hmm. reward the kid. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, Tom, we got about ten minutes left or so here on the show. I wanted to get into recruiting with yeah. you. Uh, you and Blair uh, over at Hawkeye Report do a great job with uh, your Ready to Report series. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys arriving here in a couple weeks in June. Um, who, if I, if you had to pick one or two guys that that shows up in June and just looks so good that coaches have to play him, who who would those guys be? <laughs> well, you have to look at the positions too. I think that's the that's the, the the one thing I always go to. Um and I'm just like even talking like special teams. I think one guy that's gonna just be tough to keep off the field is probably Ben Keeter. Mm-hmm. Um just uh, you could see him being that, that special teams demon that just goes down there and just levels people on a regular basis. I don't know that he's gonna have much time at linebacker just because um they're they're going to be, you know, just limited there. They've got a lot of bodies there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I could see Ben out there just, just you know, it, with his skill level and his wrestling background and everything and just flying down the field. He he just seems like a, a kind of a, a no-brainer. And I I do wonder if one of the wide receivers will pop. Yeah, that was on my you know, list. Maybe a, Jared Bowie, uh, Dayton Howard, um, Alex Moda. One of those three, I think, is going to pop, and I, I couldn't tell you which one it will be. Okay. Um, I, I'd maybe bet on Bowie, but I'm not, I'm a hundred percent sure. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, go Howard. Uh, uh, some Tyler, I can't remember what it was. One. Tyler Barnes said um, back in December. Yeah. He said I was something. Pretty, uh, I was really high on him. Yeah, Dayton Howard. Uh, that's kind of my, I don't know. That's my little lean there. But I don't think any offensive linemen need to play. Uh, Trevor Locke, obviously the. The kind of the star of the class, but how about defensive back, Tom? I mean, you know, Kirk talked about they wanted to maybe get a guy in the portal. A cornerback doesn't look like that's happening, unless you've heard something different. Um, you know, could there be a true freshman maybe that that jumps into the fray here? Yeah, I don't know that there'll be a true freshman. I I, I think they're really hoping that like Deshaun Lee and T.J. Hall kind of just elevate to be that you know third fourth guy um, at, at defensive back, but. You know, Phil always has somebody, doesn't he? He just always, always has somebody. There's going to be someone. Always, Maybe it'll be one of the safeties. There's, there's always always somebody that, yeah, that just kind of pops up there. And, Khalil um, Tate, maybe? Khalil Tate? 
thinking? Maybe Khalil Tate. Maybe? Uh, maybe Nestor. I was thinking Nestor, too. I was just uh, going to say him. Yeah, John Nestor. Yeah, because Nestor, Nestor told me that he's going to be playing corner, which kind of surprised me. Oh. I he was he was ready-made for it, but he said right now, as of now, he is he is playing. They've told him he's coming in, and he's going to play corner out of the gate. I think so, that's your guy, then. Well, that, yeah, that could be the guy. Phil guy. Um, that's going to be the Phil guy. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what I told I told him when I when I was visiting with him for the radio report thing. I said you are sort of like out of central casting for an Iowa defensive back. Yeah, and, and I don't think he knew what central casting. Was, but, you know, <laughs> I had to explain it to him. But it was, yeah, but it was like he's just like the the prototypical um, Phil Parker defensive back. Yeah, just low low mistakes, hard hitter, physical, smart, tough. You know, just. He checks all the boxes. Yeah, uh, something interesting that at least I've observed. Curious your thoughts on this. Seems like I was offering a lot of, you know, more highly acclaimed quarterbacks in future classes. Um, I th- that's kind of yeah something I've noticed. So uh, I'm just kind of interested in that. And also, Marco Linez. I mean, he yeah comes in as kind of a dual threat guy or t- you know two way quarterback type of thing. Um, how good is he, and how could he shake up the quarterback room? Yeah, I think he's got a chance to be very good. Um, everything that I've heard, just kind of internally from some of the mm-hmm. the, uh, the the Iowa staff, just kind of privately, they think he might be the best quarterback that they quarterback prospect that they have brought in in the Ferentz era. Just mm-hmm. you know, kind of just potential. So, how about that nugget um, from Tom Caker, folks? Yeah, so that's that's interesting to me. That maybe he he's that good, uh, but I I think they're going to be content this year. But you know, next year would it shock me if Marco was the backup behind Cade McNamara if Cade's still around? Mm-hmm. You know, Cade can come play for two years if he'd like. Uh, and if, if he's if Cade's still around, I could see Marco being the the backup. Uh, you know, after next spring. Mm, interesting. Yeah, you think uh, that's what I was wondering if maybe uh, Marco's presence kind of forces the hand for Joe Labus, um, you know, whoever wins that number two job this year between Deacon Hill and Joe Labus. I mean, whoever doesn't, maybe, maybe his, maybe he I'm, becomes endangered. I, I am betting on, yeah, I'm, I'm betting on Deacon being the number two guy this year. Mm-hmm. I just, I think he's, I think he's just kind of better suited for what they need right now. But Labus got better. He did. He got better this spring. Yeah, um, I thought so too. He looked. You know, I thought he looked I, pretty good. Yeah, I you know I was not disappointed. It, it wasn't that Joe was bad. It was just I thought Deacon was was better, way better than expected. Mm-hmm. And um, um, but he's not two thirty. I can tell you that. <laughs> he's listed at two thirty. Yeah. He's two thirty. I'm one eighty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, a little bit of you know summer conditioning. Maybe he maybe he gets down to two thirty at some point here. <laughs> yeah, let's let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, anyway, June conditioning starts very soon, Tom. Uh, it's it's coming fast. June fast 11th. And furious. June eleventh. Oof. Yeah, June eleventh. Everybody reports. Okay. Um, yeah. And I know most of the guys are. Are coming back before then. I think most of them come back probably after um, after this holiday weekend. A lot of them will start matriculating back uh, back to Iowa City. Uh, but the freshmen are all reporting June 11th, and they'll start their 
their summer workouts, and then you know we'll be late July and we'll be uh, in Indian- Indianapolis again. Yeah. Well, let's let's get some vacation in before that, before before all that hits. Yeah. Thank no you, uh, <laughs> thank you, Tom Kaker. Great, insightful conversation. Yeah. Really appreciate it, my friend. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. Sounds good. Uh, that'll do it, folks. Next week we may have an Iowa football assistant coach on the show. I'll keep you posted on that. But we will have some coaches on this summer. Uh, I did finally get word on that. So uh, until next time, this is your host, Chad Leistico. We will talk to you next Wednesday night on Hawk Central 106.3 KXNO. Good night, everyone.